Chapter Thirty One of The Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. You can never trust an Indian, said Mrs. Murchison at the anxious family council well do i remember them when you were a little thing at vena hanging round the town on a market-day and the squaws coming to the back door with their tin pails of raspberries to sell and just knowing english enough to ask a big price for them but it was on the squaws we depended in those days or go without raspberry preserves for the winter slovenly-looking things they were with their three or four coloured petticoats and their papooses on their backs and for dirt but i thought they were all gone long ago there are enough of them left to make trouble all right said alec they don't dress up like they used to and i guess they send the papooses to kindergarten now but you'll find plenty of them lying around any time there's nothing to do but vote and get drunk allowing for the natural exaggeration of partisanship the facts about the remaining red man of moneda were much as alec described them on market days he slid easily unless you looked twice into what the express continues to call the farming community invariably if you did look twice you would note that his stiff felt hat was an inch taller in the crown than those worn generally by the farming community the pathetic assertion perhaps of an old sovereignty invariably too his coat and trousers betrayed a form within which in the effort at adaptation had become high-shouldered and lank of leg and the brown skin was there to be noticed though you might pass it by and the high cheekbones and the liquidly muddy eye he had taken on the signs of civilization at the level which he occupied the farming community had lent him its look of shrewdness in small bargains and its rakish sophistication in garments nor could you always assume with certainty except at fox county fairs and elections that he was intoxicated so much government had done for him in fox county where the reservation nursing the dying fragment of his race testified that there is such a thing as political compunction out in the wide spaces of the west he still protects his savagery they know an indian there to-day as far as they can see him without a second glance and in moneda upon polling days he still as alec said made trouble perhaps it would be more to the fact to say that he presented the elements of which trouble is made civilization had given him a vote not with his coat and trousers but shortly after and he had not yet learned to keep it anywhere but in his pocket whence the transfer was easy and could be made in different ways the law contemplated only one the straight drop into the ballot-box but the boys had other views the law represented one level of political sentiment the boys represented another both parties represented the law both parties were represented by the boys and on the occasion of the south fox election the boys had been active in moneda there are as we know two kinds of activity on these occasions 
one being set to observe the other and walter winter's boys while presumably neglecting no legitimate opportunity of their own claimed to have been highly successful in detecting the methods of the other side the indians owed their holdings their allowances their school and their protecting superintendent squire ormiston to a conservative government it made a grateful bond of which a later conservative government was not perhaps unaware when it added the ballot to its previous benefits the indians therefore on election days were supposed to go solid for the candidate in whom they had been taught to see goodwill if they did not go quite solid the other side might point to the evolution of the political idea in every dissentient a gladdening spectacle indeed on which however the other side seldom showed any desire to dwell hitherto the desires and intentions of the reserve had been exemplified in its superintendent squire ormiston had never led his wards to the polls there were strong reasons against that but the squire made no secret of his politics either before or unluckily after he changed them the indians had always known that they were voting on the same side as de boss they were likely the friends of mr winter thought to know now that they were voting on a different side this was the secret of mr winter's friend's unusual diligence on voting day in moneda the mere indication of a wish on the part of the superintendent would constitute undue influence in the eye of the law the squire was not the most discreet of men often before it had been the joke of conservative councils how near the old man had come to making a case for the grits in connection with this chief or that i will not say that he was acquainted with the famous letter from queen victoria affectionately bidding her indian children to vote for the conservative candidate but perhaps he had not adhered to the strictest interpretation of the law which gave him fatherly influence in everything pertaining to his red-skinned charge's interests temporal and spiritual excepting only their sacred privilege of the ballot he may even have held it in some genial derision their sacred privilege it would be natural if he had been there among them in unquestioned authority so long now it had assumed an importance the squire looked at it with the ardour of a converted eye when he told mr farquharson that he could bring maneda with him to a liberal victory he thought and spoke of the farmers of the township not of his wards of the reserve yet as the day approached these would infallibly become voters in his eyes to swell or to diminish the sum of maneda's loyalty to the empire they remembered all this in the committee-room of his old party the squire they said to one another will give himself away this time if ever he did then young murchison hadn't known any better than to spend the best part of the day out there and there were a dozen witnesses to swear that old ormiston introduced him to three or four of the chiefs 
that was basis enough for the boys detailed to watch maneda basis enough in the end for a petition constructed to travel to the high court at toronto for the purpose of rendering null and void the election of mr lorne murchison and transferring the south fox seat to the candidate of the opposite party that possibility had been promptly frustrated by a cross petition there was enough evidence in subdivision eleven according to bingham to void the tory returns on six different counts but the house-cat sold by peter finnegan to mr winter for five dollars would answer all practical purposes it was a first-rate mouser bingham said and it would settle winter they would have plenty of other charges good and ready if finnegan's cat should fail them but bingham didn't think the court would get to anything else he had great confidence in the cat the petitions had been lodged with promptness evidence as mr winter remarked is like a good many other things better when it's hot especially the kind you get on the reserve to which when he heard it bingham observed sarcastically that the cat would keep the necessary thousand dollars were ready on each side the day after the election lodged in court the next counsel were as promptly engaged the liberals selected cruikshank and the suit against the elected candidate beginning with charges against his agents in the town was shortly in full hearing before the judges sent from toronto to try it meanwhile the elgin mercury had shown enterprise in getting hold of maneda evidence and foolhardiness as the express pointed out in publishing it before the matter was reached in court there was no foolhardiness in printing what the express knew about finnegan's cat it was just a common cat and walter winter paid five dollars for it finnegan declaring that if mr winter hadn't filled him up with bad whisky before the bargain he wouldn't have let her go under ten he was that fond of the creature the express pointed out that this was grasping of finnegan as the cat had never left him and mr winter showed no intention of taking her away but there was nothing subjudice about the cat finnegan before he sobered up had let her completely out of the bag it was otherwise with the charges that were to be made according to the mercury on the evidence of chief joseph fry and another member of his tribe to the effect that he and his conservative friends had been instructed by squire ormiston and mr murchison to vote on this occasion for both the candidates thereby producing when the box was opened eleven ballot papers inscribed with two crosses instead of one and valueless here should the charges against a distinguished and highly respected government official fail as in the opinion of the express they undoubtedly would fail of substantiation was a big libel case all dressed and ready and looking for the mercury office foolish foolish wrote mr williams at the close of his editorial comments very ill-advised they've made no case so far mr murchison assured the family i saw williams on my way up and he says the evidence of that corner grocery fellow what's his name 
went all to pieces this morning oliver was in court he says one of the judges hook lost his patience altogether they won't do anything with the town charges alec said and they know it they're saving themselves for maneda and old man ormiston well i heartily wish said mrs murchison in a tone of grievance with the world at large and if you were not responsible you might keep out of the way i heartily wish that lorne had stayed at home that day and not got mixed up with old man ormiston they'll find it pretty hard to fix anything on lorne said alec but i guess the squire did go off his head a little have they anything more than indian evidence asked edvina we don't know what they've got said her brother darkly and we won't till wednesday when they expect to get round to it indian evidence will be a poor dependence in crookshank's hands mr murchison told them with a chuckle they say this chief joseph fry is going about complaining that he always got three dollars for one vote before and this time he expected six for two and got nothing chief joseph fry exclaimed alec they make me tired with their chief josephs and chief henry's white clamshell that was the name he got when he wasn't christened that's the name remarked edvina that he probably votes under well said mrs murchison it was very kind of squire ormiston to give lorne his support but it seems to me that as far as moneda is concerned he would have done better alone no i guess he wouldn't mother said alec moneda came right round with the squire outside the reserve if it hadn't been for the majority there we would have lost the election the old man worked hard and lorne is grateful to him and so he ought to be if they carry the case against lorne said stella he'll be disqualified for seven years only if they prove him personally mixed up in it said the father and that he added with a concentration of family sentiment in the emphasis of it they'll not do End of chapter 31